Welcome to On the Record, episode 220. Today we sit down with special guest Prince Soul. Music, life, and you style. Art. Listening. You. Music, life, you, and you style. Art. Listening to. On the record. So is it Prince Soleil or Prince Soul? It's Prince Soul. A lot of people say Soleil too, but it's uh it's a common misconception just because I say Soleil a lot too. So I kind of confuse the fans sometimes. You're in your hometown during your city's best weather at a local food joint and music starts to play. I'm usually at my family's restaurant because we own a restaurant in San Jose called the Plaza Inn. It's a little Mexican joint. Um, and scenery wise, it's probably just Mexican music playing like some Ramon Ayala or some Chente or, or something like that. Probably eating enchiladas or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or some like camarones. That's me, man. Like when I when I growing up, I just grew up in my family's restaurant, and that's just who I am, and that's kind of like with the nature that I grew up in. So that's pretty much like where you'll find me usually eating. Red sauce, green sauce. Uh, I mess with the green sauce. I'm the green more, sauce. Yeah, I'm more of a verde person. So. Nice. The music you said Ramon Ayala would play. Yeah. Were those influences in the beginning? To be honest, man, I didn't tap into music until a little bit later in life. I grew up like playing sports. What happened was I kind of gave that up, so I tried to find something else. Like when we were like 15, one of my classmates at the time gave me Fruity Loops, mm. um, and he like put it on my computer or whatever, and then I just started messing around with it, just like on the fly when we were bored. I got a lot of influence from like my dad. My dad like loved like Al Green and Earth, Wind and & Fire and that real good, feel-good music. And then like my mom played a lot of Tejano music. It's kind of weird because I get a lot of different spectrums from a lot of different things. And it's really cool because like the culture that I grew up in and I'm Mexican-American. The culture I grew up in was, you know, I grew up on the east side of San Jose. So I had a lot of like that culture, but I went to private school for high school. Okay. So like I got to see a lot of different types of like genres and stuff. So it kind of broadened my horizons a little more. Nobody's heard your sound or somebody's interested in listening to your sound. What color would best describe your sound? Orange. The color orange is interesting. Like it's just mixtures and it's. It's bright. It also could like balance itself off with dark and it could bounce itself off with more light. I started off a producer and I still produce now. I read this article one time that like the way Kanye like looks at music is he looks at colors and like that's what he sees. It's funny though because when I hear something or like if somebody sends me something or somebody's starting to make a beat or something along those lines, uh, colors kind of pop in my head and like that's the mood I'm in at the time. And people are like, well, why did you make this song and I'm like well that's just how I felt at the time and that's how the beat made me feel the beat made me feel red or blue or orange I didn't like the color orange growing up for some reason right and it was funny because I was like man I hate wearing giant stuff because it's orange like and I don't like wearing orange as I grew up orange just kept coming back to me orange the color orange when I hear my music I hear orange a lot with like a blue tone you feel like more cool with like a, the warmer tones you feel like more like dark so orange I think I feel I like can go both ways if you could create a music dream team who would be in your squad of five? Where a lot of people ask me where I get my name from, and it is from Prince. Really? Um, my parents, my dad is probably like the biggest Prince fan you'll ever meet in life. What? And my mom too, you know, like they just love Prince. And when I first started music, the two people that I latched onto was Prince and Ryan Leslie. Both of those people are people who do things themselves. Like right. Literally everything themselves. And that's what I do too, for the most part. You know, like I record myself, I mix and master myself, I make a lot of my own beats. I actually record everything out of my room. And I still have, and I uh, always what? have. Yeah, I record every, everything that everything you that you've ever heard from me. Is out wow. Of um, I've had like a few studio ones, but like I've re-recorded them actually in my room. <laughs> the acoustics there are just good for you? You know, the acoustics aren't too bad, but it's able to work with. So Prince would be one. Um, Ryan Leslie would be two. 
Uh, Ryan Leslie is definitely one of my favorite people who's inspired me in my music of all time. Uh, Pharrell would be number three. Nice. Um, Kanye would be four. And... Dude, add a girl in there or something. I know, right? Um, man, it would either have to be like a Selena or... Oh, wait, never mind. Uh, I'm going to take that back. <laughs> it's going to be Lauryn Hill. Lauryn oh. Hill was like one of my biggest inspirations in life. And like one of my favorite lines still to this day that I ever said was, um, she bumping Lauryn Hill like the Fuji's back. And I just love that just because like I grew up on the Fuji's. Like when, it, like when I first got introduced to like music, like hip hop music, it was the Fuji's, you know, and like... Lauren was so diverse in what she did. Like she could rap, she could sing. You know what I mean? She did everything. She would definitely be part of like the artist project. And I, I, I put a lot of producers in there. So, yeah. you know, but yeah, nice. those five for sure. Prince. Ryan Leslie, Pharrell, Kanye, Lauren Hill. Who are your inspirations right now in this creative realm of artistic expression? One of my biggest inspirations is actually one of my really close friends. Um, his name is Ryan. He owns Breezy Excursion. Ryan inspired me a lot because, man, like I think at one point he was running four brands. So Ryan would definitely be one of my inspirations when it comes to like just his work ethic. So that's kind of kind of drives me to go, you know, and and art like it's funny because fashion, art, music, like it all kind of ties into each other. My crew kind of inspires me, you know what I mean? Like, my boy Benny, like, he picked up the camera. He's, he's starting to go with it. My boy Adrian, he does custom shoes. He's won, like, two Sprite competitions, um, like, with Ace of Customs that, like, he was killing. My boy Josh most, like, does vlogs. Like, I feel like when you surround yourself with people that inspire you, you, you go harder. So right. what I would like to say is, like, my team kind of inspires me a little bit more than anything. Yeah, my there team. You got to put on for the team. Yeah, too. always. Name one instrument that comes to mind to describe your sound right now. A road piano. Right now you're into roads? Yeah, I really love roads. Like, I've always have. It's crazy. There's something about the sound that I really love. When I start beats sometimes, like, I go straight to the road. And, like, and I'll play. And I'll play on the road, but then I'll end up switching the sound maybe. Because I don't want to, like, play out the road. You know right. what I mean? But, right. like, a road piano, definitely one in, like, uh, just the acoustic guitar. What yeah. is it about the road and the guitar? Uh, The road, it kind of soothes me. You know what I mean? Like, um, I want people to remember me for the things that I actually spoke on that were meant something to me you know and i always feel like the road just like expresses me a little bit more and then like an acoustic guitar like just because i've always wanted to do a project with just an acoustic guitar on myself like do it i know exactly and i and i but the thing is i want to set myself up right to the point where it just doesn't get overlooked you know what i mean and that's what i'm working at you know so do you think making a project that is very guitar based is going to complement the freestyle well or are you going to have to incorporate some songwriting um, I'll probably have to compliment some songwriting for sure. Um, I, I try to stay away from the pen a little bit right now just because I want to go more off feel. Um, but sometimes the pen actually helps. The pen will, will incorporate structure. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then that's the thing, too. Like, I was looking back at, like, older records, and I was like, I felt like these were a little bit more structured. You know what I mean? And, like, they had a little bit more, like, of a meaning behind it. And now I look at I look at my records and don't get me wrong, they still have the meaning, but I'm I'm more of like it just felt good at the time. You know what I mean? And, and it still ha got the pro the point across. I felt like back then when I was writing, it was more like everything was premeditated, you know, on deeper records. Sometimes I'll write, you know, but when it's more of a feel record, I'll just go how I feel. Wow, that's pretty cool. You've nobody's ever explained it that way. You're pretty much putting out instinctive music. Yeah. And that's really what it is like. It's just how I feel. You know, if somebody sends me the beat and I'm driving, 
next to the bay, I'm probably going to feel a different way than I would if I was driving on the east side of San Jose mm -hmm. or if I was driving in West L.A. or, or something, right. you know what I mean? Right. So you, the feel is different. Sometimes, like, I'll get ideas just, like, off the top, and I'm just like, all right, and then I'll, like, record it on my phone, and then when I get back to the house, I'll see how it sounds on the mic. And if it doesn't sound good, then it's different. And that's another thing about, like, songwriting that was, like, was really getting to me because sometimes when I would pen it, it would sound right, but then when I put it on mic, it would be like, all right, that doesn't sound different, right, you know? Right. Being able to successfully put your ideas that are in your head mm -hmm. onto paper or onto a record. Because you see something and it's so hard. Like It's hard. It's really hard to be able to like translate that 100%. Yeah. Like right now, I have a record called Selena that I've been wanting to drop for almost two years. I haven't dropped it. And everybody's always like, why haven't you dropped this record? Because it's not what I see in my head still, you know what I mean? Like, hey. and like, and I, other people won't get it, you know, until like, it's really what it is. You know, eventually I will drop the record. Thank you for joining us on this episode of On The Record. We have special guest Prince Soul in the studio and we're talking everything music. You work with the kid Ryan mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. Right. Are you guys still working on music? I have a record with him on my new project. So, yeah, we still work, but not as heavy as we were at that point, you know, uh, two years ago, I guess you could say. Yeah. Ago. But we had so many records. The Call Waiting mixtape, yeah. we did that in two days. The whole um, mixtape. Yeah, the whole mixtape in two days. In your room? Uh, Well, that one we did in the studio and then we cut some things in the room. Oh, no. Nice. So, like, um, but yeah, so, I mean, we work like. When, when we get together, it's just very easy for us to work together. Our sound together is one, you know, and then our sound separately is completely different. How fundamental is music to your existence? Man, it's my life. Um, I wake up, I play, the I, I play the same two songs every morning when I wake up right now. And I play um, Closer to My Dreams by Dollar every morning when I wake up. And Buddy, uh, it's called Shine by Buddy. I think he's Pharrell's artist. It starts my day in a way, you know what I mean? Like it, it plays a mood in how I am. It's just how I'm feeling at the time. Uh, music is always around. Always, always no around. matter what. Um, I still work a nine to five too, you know. Okay. So like, you know, after I'm done with that, literally my music's on. I'm playing my own music, trying to figure out what I could tweak, or I'm as soon as I get and as soon as I get home, I'm right into the lab and just working, you know, on something, you know. So it literally like I don't want to say it runs my life, but in a way, I don't feel like I could ever live without my music at least even if i were to never be a top 10 billboard artist i still wouldn't be able to live without making music take us through that epiphany moment in which the significance of music in your life was presented that moment when a fire was ignited in you to be a part of music so not to listen to music or appreciate music or be inspired by music mm. when was it that you realized i need to be a part of music a part of creating music man i initially went to music school to be in the music business. And then I decided, you know what, I kind of want to learn engineering. So same school, I just picked up the new course, went to audio engineering school, did really well, you know? And then I still lived in LA at the time. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start making music again. I was like, you know what, let me, let me see what I could do. I started writing records. And at the time I was working with Indie Pop. Um, it was myself, Nick Knack, The Cataracts, Bobby Brackens, Carnage. Dev, like we were all in the same place. So it was really inspirational to see them around. And this is right when like the cataracts were popping off of Fly Like a G6 and Bobby was popping off of 143. So it was really inspirational to see what was going on. And uh, I started writing, you know, and then had this song called All Day Lover that I had wrote. And I had just got a new roommate in LA. And he, uh, I played him the song and I was joking around because Brandy and Ray J had like a TV show at the time. And I was like, man, Ray J would be perfect for this record. And he was just like, Really? I was like, yeah. He's like, 
all right. And then, like, I saw him get on his phone. He was texting, and then he was like, hey, send me the record. I'm like, all right. So I sent him the record. Like, 10 minutes later, we get a call from Ray J. And it was like, hey, I want to be on this song. Oh. You know? And I was just like, oh, wow. whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, That's okay. Cool. You know, so we ended up cutting the record. I, I started writing a little bit more for people. That moment that I realized, all right, this is what I want to do, was the day we released the song. And this was like my first release. Yeah. I remember listening to that yeah. years ago. You know, I remember releasing that song. And the day of, my homegirl, Bianca, she hit me up. She lived in Los Banos. And I was in San Jose when we released the song. And she was like, hey, um, 1029, I, I think it was 1029 or 10-something, in Los Banos is going to play your song tonight. And I was like, what? Like, this is my first song ever I'm releasing, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, Besides, yeah. like, old MySpace stuff. So we drove out there, me, my mom, and my dad, we drove out there. Oh, and my aunt lived in Los Banos at the time, um, my Aunt Gina. As soon as we got to Los Banos, the song comes on the radio, and we're like, oh, my God. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, and I remember just looking at my mom and dad and, like, seeing, like, how happy they were. And, like, I remember walking into my aunt's house, like, mid-song, and she was just going crazy. I still have the video. And at that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. Bay Area freshman class of 2013? Yes. Through Thizzler? Through Thizzler, yes. How did that affect your career? I felt like it was pretty impactful. I felt like it was more of like a stamp. You know, like it was more of certification for everybody else because nobody from San Jose had been a freshman at the time. And then two of us made it that year. You know, it was me and Ray Rez. Um, and shout out to Ray. Um, and it was tough, you know. I, I had to do a lot to get to where I was at at that point, you know, and I was doing a lot of driving here and driving there and being noticed because I remember, like, I couldn't get nobody to play my record All Day Lover for the longest, you know what I mean? Like, it took me a year to get that thing really moving. Um, but then, like, after I started picking up a little bit more momentum and momentum, and, and that was the biggest thing, you know what I mean? Just picking up the momentum and, and staying working hard. And that's one thing, like, I felt like the freshman class was great. You know what I mean? That class, I felt like, was one of our best classes. I mean, like, it was myself, Sage. Sage is multi-platinum. Yep. Um, Pilo. Right. Pilo's, like, doing amazing. Right. Hunnids, who was on, like, Grand Theft Auto. Right. Um, G-Eazy was that class, who's probably, right. like, one of the biggest artists in the world now. You know right. what I mean? Like. Nate, Ray Rez, yep. I, I can't remember everybody, Street Knowledge, Taji Spitch, I can't, I can't remember. They were all significant and they still are relevant. Yeah, that class really helped staple San Jose as, hey, like there's other stuff going on here. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Other than just being the tech boom, nobody really knew artists from San Jose besides like tracks right. and like Drew Deasy. Uh, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great artists. It's just nobody knew, you know, like it, the scene wasn't there. And I felt like it was bringing people there. like, And I felt like the Thizzler thing really just solidified. like That kind of just really put the staple on like, hey, you know what? Like San Jose has a lot of talent. And I'm hoping myself, at least, was hoping to expose it a little more. So I felt like it's helped my career a lot in the Bay Area um, to let people in the Bay know. You are from San Jose, born and raised in San Jose. You know firsthand how hard it is to perform in San Jose because of the lack of live music venues. Yeah. I mean, there's a lack of representation from san jose for its artists yes i feel like venues are starting to understand kind of what's going on people are coming you know and, and that's a good thing um the thing about san jose is just it's been so super hard for a lot of clubs and stuff just because a lot of the violence that's been happening you know that has happened in san jose so it's a lot it's harder for them to be like hey you know what let's do a hip-hop show because automatically in their head they're thinking oh no mm -hmm. um so if if I'm able to spread a positive word to the kids, you know, hopefully it's able to translate a little bit more and 
hey, you know what? If you guys do well, we're able to throw these shows. What is the best part of your creative process? I think the mixing. The mixing. Like, yeah, I feel like mixing and mastering is like where I get to shine a little bit more. Um, I felt like in like 2012 and 2013, I somewhat had like my own sound to my mix. Um, and I feel like I, I've been progressing it a little bit more. I felt like it was a little more relevant then. I was mixing a lot of HBK stuff like Sue and Pilo and I mixed the Gang Forever mixtape, like the HBK mixtape. Oh, wow. um, myself and Cisco did. And um, yeah, so like we, you know, I felt like I was able to bring that sound and I feel like that's the most satisfying thing for me because that's what completes records. You know, like you could have a record that you show somebody, it's a rough draft, and you're like, oh, it's cool. But then when you hear it mixed, it's like, oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, it changed the whole game. Like, yeah. Like, the Cash Money record that's moving right now, like, I remember sending that to, I think, to Benny and, like, Frisco, my manager Frisco, and, like, they were like, oh, yeah, it's cool. And then, like, I sent them the mixed record, and they were just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, you know, like, we might Levels, have Levels, man. You know, and that's the biggest thing, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just that mixing, that mixing process for me is the most satisfying. What are some challenges in your journey through music? Man, um, staying focused and staying positive. Like staying positive, I think probably is the biggest one. Um, it's a just like anything though. Um, it's a negative. It, there's a lot of negativity, you know, in music and hurdles you have to leap. There's a lot of things that go on, and trying to stay positive through it all is so tough, you know. And like the All Day Lover record with Ray J, like we pushed that record for a year and a half. And it, it went, but it didn't really go, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we, we took so long to, like, get the mix right and do this and do that. And I remember uh, the next record I had that I played on radio was called She Like. And I made that beat in, like, 10 minutes. Like, recorded the song in, like, another 20. Mixed it in, like, another 10. And, like, sent it to my cousin. We sent it to this person. Next day it was on radio. You're going to hear no 30 times before you hear, you know, 50 yep. times, 100 times, yep. you know, and that's the biggest thing. Like, we've been in these meetings. We've been in the meetings with, like, these labels and, the, you know, it's just the runaround, you know, yeah. and it's just, like, more of like, all right, you know, get back to the drawing board. So staying positive has definitely been the hardest thing for me. Has there ever been a moment in your career that you've thought about giving up? Yeah, man. Uh, recently, it was, like, a year ago. Every moment that I got that feeling, I thought of a song. <laughs> and it was like and that's what told me like i can't give this up you right. know what i mean like seeing 10 plus of my songs hit radio and i'm never like boom you know like prince old selling out sap center or selling out mm -hmm. this don't get me wrong I, i'm very grateful for what i have but it's it's sometimes it's hard like it's like man like what am i doing wrong like what like I've had records with Ty Dolla Sign. I've had records with Sue. I've had records with Ray J. So mm -hmm. shocker. Like, I've had all these records. Being able to not question myself anymore and why I'm doing it was the biggest thing that I was able to get over. And it really just took that whole thought in my head of giving this up out. One of the best advice I ever got was is from Niles from the Cataracts. He told me, because I was like, hey, man, how do you know what song's going to be the one? He was like, you let the world decide. Just put the records out. Let them decide. What has been the most satisfying moment in your career this far? Man. It's, uh, I have a song called Wish You the Best. It was off my No Occasion Needed project. That song was literally everything I was going through at the time. Um, I was going through like some things with my sister that just was just like eating me. Cisco, one of my producers, he was making this, making the, he was producing the beat. And I remember telling him, I'm like, there's something missing. You know, and I just didn't know what. But I recorded the song still. 
we left the studio at like two o'clock in the morning. We always had like a seven o'clock, like a seven eleven run at like two o'clock in the morning. When I was going outside, there was some guy. He was like, "Hey, do you guys have the studio upstairs?" Yeah, you know that's our studio. Um, our homie's still up there. And, you know, I said that even though nobody was up there. Yeah. And he was just like, "Oh, he was like, um, do you guys mind if I stop by when you guys come back?" And he, I was like, "Yeah, we'll be back in like 10. And he seemed like a nice guy. Come back, and he knocks on our door like ten minutes after we get back. So in walks this guy. Um, his name was Sage, and he just had his guitar. And have you ever like seen somebody on the street that just has like an instrument, and you could yeah. tell that's their life? Yep. You know what I mean? And that's what I could. That's what I told like could tell with him. And like it's funny, he was there vibing with another producer that we uh, were working with at the time. And the guy that we were working with, his his piano skills were crazy. And uh, the guy started like kind of strumming things on his guitar, and it was like electric guitar, so we really couldn't hear it. But you could just tell he had a crazy, like crazy riffs. So he asked when he was like, "Hey, do you guys mind if I record some stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm down. Like as long as we can use some riffs." Right. And he was like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "It's all for you. Like I, I don't even want it for myself. I just want to record." And I was like, "All right." So we like plugged him up, and I put on that beat, and I took off my vocals, and I was like, "Hey man, just just do what you do." Yeah. And he went crazy, man, like nuts. And I remember that night we didn't end up leaving the studio till like eight in the morning because the sun was up. And I look at my phone and it's August 21st, which is my sister's birthday. And I, I was just like, man, that was crazy. Like, and I remember like sitting there for a while and then I was like, nah, there's no way. You know what I mean? Funny thing, man, we never heard from that guy ever again. I have no idea how to get in contact with them, nothing. like. It was just like something that God just sent us, you know what I mean, at the time. And we were just like, we were just so, we didn't know what to say. And I remember I played the song for my mom that day, and she was just like breaking down like in tears because like she knew what we were going through. Called my sister that day, and I said, hey, you know, we need to talk. I talked, and it was good. You know, like me and my sister are probably the closest we've ever been now. And that was my most satisfying moment in music just because, like I said, I want to change somebody's life. And if I could change my own and my family's, that's really what all that matters. If you could go back in time and give a younger you some advice about the music journey you're on, what would that advice be? Be patient. Um, be patient's the biggest thing. Um, I was so impatient, you know, like I always wanted, like, because I had so many records. I was just like, you know, I need to drop this one. I need to drop this one. Then to the point where I wouldn't let the DJs even marinate with the record to enough, like long enough, you know. Like, I think we dropped She Like in like February, and then we dropped Fuego in like, june and then we dropped 330 like september and then we dropped cliche like you know what i mean like these were like crazy records that were doing really well you know and but the thing about it was i was just dropping them way too close together you know okay and the biggest thing i would tell myself is just be patient because eventually it's all going to pay off you know like it's funny like everyone always says everything comes full circle and i feel like right now i'm getting really close to that the end of that 360. You're from San Jose. Yeah. I'm from San Jose. Oh, wow. So when artists come out from San Jose, I, I listen. Yeah. Um, and I know you've been doing this for a long time. How would you like people to remember you? As someone who spoke from the heart, I want people to like go back to like all my intros on my albums or go back to like all my outros on my albums and be like, that's what I remember. You know what I mean? Because I want people to remember what, what meant a lot to me. And don't get me wrong. Every record means a lot. But at the same time, there's certain ones that just like help me get over things. Um, and a lot of those records are the intro records or or the if anybody's ever noticed, like and this is something that's really cool, too. Like if you go to my track eight on every single one of my projects, it's usually my favorite record. Um, and it's because uh, my cousin who passed away when I was 15, 
Um, that was his favorite number. So I always find like a special place for that number somehow. And I always try to like make one of my favorite records that record. You have been listening to On the Record with special guest Prince Soul on episode 220. Tell us where people can find you on social media. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, everything at Prince Soul, Prince S O L E. Um, yeah, everything's you know all linked together. Or you could visit my website at PrinceXSoul.com. Prince Soul, thank you for being here in thank our you. studios. Before you leave, put us on some game. What albums, songs, or artists are you listening to right now? Um, I'm listening to Ellie Solstra. Um, he's from New York. He's a R&B artist. Um, I'm listening to myself. <laughs> um, I'm trying to stay away from listening to a lot of people. No, no offense to anyone. It's just I just really want to create my own. But, right. Um, right. Ellie Solstra is definitely one person that I'm definitely listening to. God. I'm not listening to too many people, but a lot of people, even I'm listening to a lot of sounds like artists too, you know, and just kind of keeping my ear to the streets. Um, Craig White, um, City Sean, Bless, um, Deadstock. There you have it, guys. Yeah, everyone. Thank you for listening to On the Record, episode 220. If you are digging the episode and you have something to say, please let me know. I'm on Twitter at Kid Ninja Lowe's. You can also comment here below. Thank you for listening to On the Record.